Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. I'm super excited about today's guest. We have Kayla Jeter, my incredible client and mindfulness and well-being strategist. In this episode, Kayla shares her signature offering, a personalized coaching program to support all of us in becoming more mindful, healthful, fit, and experience a personalized sense of self. We also talk about Black Lives Matter and how Kayla first recognized her Blackness when she moved to Chicago. This episode is filled with so much juicy information. Thank you for being here. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. I am super pumped about today's guest. We have Kayla Jeter, mindfulness and well-being strategist, and my amazing client. Kayla, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I am very excited about this. (laughs) Yay, me as well. So let's just dive in. How did you begin really this, this wellness journey? Yeah, so my background, I played um, volleyball at the University of Tennessee and professionally overseas for one season, moved to Cincinnati and started coaching volleyball there. And during my time at Cincinnati, um, my mom, who had beat cancer, breast cancer in 2012, her cancer actually came back in her bone and liver. Um, So during that time, um, I was there for two and a half years before I moved home to Cleveland. And at that time, I was living with my mom, helping her go through her um, her rehab and her treatment. And, and mind you, this is the time I didn't been at home since I was 18 and I'm 26 now. So um, naturally there was some, some mother daughter friction, but it definitely helped our relationship grow. And in, and in that it was my first time ever being a caregiver and how quickly I learned as a Capricorn and as a former um, student athlete and coach that my routine is everything to me and regimen is everything to me. And um, and being her caregiver, that was completely thrown off. You know, it was my first time ever having another human solely depend on me. You know, I don't have any kids. I'm not married. Um, so before that, my actions were kind of at my own whim. And, and now, um, you know, my mom was my main, my main focus. So I really struggled at first, you know, finding my rhythm. But I just returned to um, practices of just body love through movement, which I am all about. And more importantly, like nutrition, making sure I'm getting, you know, the right fruit food, nourishing foods, getting enough sleep. And that's where my wellness journey really started. And those are practices that are really, especially since I know we crafted your one-on-one coaching program, all of this is really coming to fruition. Can you Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about what you are offering the community now? Yeah. So my... The one-on-one coaching program I am often community working with you with, which I'm super excited to birth into the world. Um, we'll focus as on movement as medicine and mindfulness. So we'll start um, going through mindfulness practices and awareness. I do believe a lot of um, success and magic, as I call it, first needs to come from a source of awareness, whether that is through limiting beliefs or you know feelings of lack. And really stepping into our worthiness and then and coming into our body as well, because there is a connection between, you know, our, our minds and the state that we're at and what we're calling forward for us, positive, negative, and how we relate to our bodies and how we feel about our bodies and, and connecting the two. I'm really excited to work with clients to um, show that they deserve, you know, whatever magic they're looking to put in the world, that they have someone here in their corner supporting them and, and bolstering them on their journey. And then also introducing movement practices, just so you get feel good every single morning, knowing that 
um, that connection is really what bridges your um, your wholeness, right? Like the mindfulness practice is great, but you also want to make sure you're feeling it in your every single day. And that's what I love so much about you and your programming. It's deeply holistic. It has the mindfulness and movement themes that are those the specific practices that helped you become like an incredible athlete? <laughs> yeah, it's um, the movement piece. I've been blessed that I have great genetics. And I tell people this all the time, you know, when you see fitness, people are like, oh my gosh, like they work out all the time. Well, yes, you know, like I am regimented in my workout, but I'm also very fortunate that my dad plays professional um, football. My mom, she modeled. So like I have the structure. There. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> I have wow. the structure there, but like definitely the chisel work. And for me, it wasn't just, you know, the lifting weights that people see when they see me, you know, on my Instagram fit and full by Kayla, they see like a physical specimen, but like that piece of it is what's easy. It's the waking up, it's the commitment and the mindfulness piece is what keeps me level. It what keeps me grounded. Um, I tell people all the time that like the gym is my rehab. It's my in, in my therapy. It's a space where I can go and kind of like turn off, let go, and just be in that moment. And breath work throughout all that has been so huge for me. So so huge. And if you follow Kayla on Instagram, you will see how she wakes up very early in the morning <laughs> and pre coronavirus and and yeah. all of this everything. And you are, you're so regimented. It's very inspiring. How do you get yourself to wake up so early? I, it's two things. And this actually dawned on me the other day. One being college, we had 6 a.m. workouts. So that's just something, you know, waking up early in that space. I, I've always been a morning person. I don't need coffee. I'm just one of those people that like pops up ready to rock and roll and um, go on my day. But the second piece, actually, when I moved home this past spring, my mom's cancer had come back. Um, and it was spread to her brain in the spring of 2019. So um, in between that gap, just really quick backstory, I was at home in Cleveland, um, helping mom go through her treatment and her rehab. She was doing great at that time. I moved from Cleveland to Chicago and I've been in Chicago now going on three years. Um, and last year, so this was my second and a half year, if you will, we found out my mom's cancer had returned, <coughs> excuse me, or spread to her brain and so I moved home again to be a caregiver. And, and for me, knowing how delicate the brain is, I was aware of the path this could take. And so I knew it was my time to go home. And and being your caregiver giver the second time around, I felt very much more prepared after establishing these mindfulness and movement practices to take care of myself, to take care of her, because it was so much more of a full-time job. You know, her cancer was on her brainstem, so she was, didn't have any mobility in her left-hand side, and she needed someone with her all of the time. And um, she was at a transitional care facility, that, which she actually stayed in um, up until we brought her home for hospice. But during, excuse me, during that um, time, she would wake up at seven and go to bed at nine. And the only time I can get in the gym would be at five and six in the morning, you know, and I knew I needed that time in order to be present and be there with my mom. So I pop up at four o'clock, drive 30 minutes down to the gym in Cleveland see that like my morning people, you know, the, the firefighters out there saying hello. And, and that's really how it really stuck. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, so often in, I mean, human conversations and even on this podcast, we'll have this theme that, you know, trauma or like something terrible happens and that's how routine was established or that's how the business was birthed. And right. What would your mom say about right now, about the protests happening all around the world and Black Lives Matter really finally becoming at the forefront, forefront of this conversation? 
Yeah, it's interesting to think about that. I think about my mom and my dad. Cause my ma- my dad also passed away in 2016, um, actually three months before I found out about my mom's um, cancer returning. So, and my dad, so I am biracial. I'm I, I'm racially ambiguous to most people. They either think I'm black or Spanish or some other descent, but um, my dad is African-American and my mom is white and mixed as well. And um, for them growing up in their relationship, I can't even imagine, you know, some of the things they went through um, just being together, physically seeing each other. And I remember when my a previous um, boyfriend that I dated, he was white and we came to Chicago and ended up getting in a street brawl. brawl. Um, and it was the first time I had ever experienced any type of like racism or anything. You know, I was raised, and, and this sounds, you know, to be entirely honest, it sounds ignorant, if you will, but I, I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Solon. I went to a Jewish preschool. I had white friends, black friends. I was very much like, I kind of like a citizen of the world, but in Cleveland, Ohio, which is very strange. Um, I knew I was different, especially when I was younger. Um, I told my mom again, I know I am different. Like you left me in the sun too long or like, why don't I have blonde hair and blue eyes? But it was more so like, I didn't look like them. Not that at least I'm aware of that. I felt like I didn't belong. Um, and so for them, I can, for the black community, this is nothing new. Um, the one thing I keep hearing from social media outlets and, and newscasts are like, why does this keep happening? Well, it's been happening. And I think that's the biggest difference. Like this has been going on for years and years, the injustice, the inequality, the lack of access to resources, like this has been happening in black and brown communities across the world. And, you know, within America specifically, because that historical divide started so early. Like you think about, I think about my ancestors, like they were ripped from their home country of Africa and brought over here to be property. And then you, you know, you put them in this system and expect them to thrive and have self-worth and some type of essence and self and be successful, but their whole life, they're always looked down upon, you know? And, and it's really unfortunate, um, I think for me and in the community, I think my mom and dad, and they always say, you know, like the protesters have this message, but it's the people and the opportunists that take advantage of it that make it look bad for everybody, you know? Um, so it's, it's one of those situations where this has been happening and generational, like, you know, we did the sit-ins, like our, you know, my ancestors were peaceful. They did the sit-ins. They, they tried to do the nonviolent way. Colin Kaepernick got dragged for kneeling. No one understood why. And eventually like any group of people, you know, any oppressed group of people, there's going to be a generation where like enough is enough. You know, we can only do so much and not, that's not me condoning the violence or anything, but there has to be radical change at some point. And it's going to take a generation to say like, all right, we got to do something different now. And this is happening right now in real time. And it's like, we're all glued to our phones. Like we're just, it's like everything. And that's why it's such a, right before we started recording, Kayla came on and said, I lost my phone. (laughs) I don't have my license right now. I mean, it's so interesting. Like all of these things that were kind of stripped away it's a rawness. It's like a mm-hmm. getting super grounded in what feels aligned and what doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, and then I know with COVID going on, that's one thing I've really been exploring and hearing and seeing a lot of is that um, facing our shadows. I feel like a lot of people before were facing their shadows before um, all the civil unrest started. But now I even think about in order for change to happen, in order for um, a divide to be seen, there has to be a group that kind of splits the two that kind of like rocks the boat a little bit. And that is the opportunist, the looters, you know, you're either on this side or this side, not saying they're against each other, but then there becomes a very clear divide. 
Um, and I can even speak to that in Chicago. So in living in Chicago, this is the first time I have ever been aware of my blackness. Um, and that's within white and black communities. Because like I said, I grew up kind of in both and never really felt different. I played volleyball, which is a predominantly white sport, but I never felt like the black kid, you know? Um, and maybe that's just my own, like the world's great, sunshine and butterflies everywhere. But like, you know, um, I never, I never felt like that. And my parents never had to have those tough conversations with me about, you know, be careful when, I'm sure they may have felt it, but you know, when you're driving, be aware when you get pulled over. I mean, my dad played football in the NFL and was the muffin man. Like everyone knew him and knew my parents. So it was very, it was very different. But in Chicago, it's the first time I've ever recognized my blackness. And I live on the North side. I live in Lakeview. Um, I spend a lot of time all over the city. Like the food, the best foods in the South side and West, but I will digress there. So I haven't explored super North, but, um, but in being here and recognizing um, the duality of the city, and that was something we had talked about previously before we started was, so I am white and black and this city is very white and black and brown and Asian. Like there, there's pockets for every, for every culture and it's divided by the Dan Ryan, the freeway. Um, and if you think way, about the way the cities are built, that they keep communities of low income closer to the city usually because they have access to libraries to public transit to all those things but as you know the, the gentrification and the return to the city happens everyone gets pushed out so it's been really interesting to understand my position in the city as a white and black american female um, and how i'm able to come up to the north side like i'm in lakeview right now where i live and up until the point I got braids, like I, since I got, I don't have braids usually, but when I did, I, I got a couple extra looks, but like, I don't feel afraid going outside, you know, versus some of my friends come to visit me and they're like, mm, come down to our side, you know, and that it's just been an interesting experience. I live at Chicago and Milwaukee. And that was, that used to be like the edge of the city. I mean, it's like literally yeah. right off the highway. And now it's, it's, like there's little bougie shops and like fancy barber shops and it's right. I mean, I think Chicago is a very divided city and it's so interesting. I also agree the South and West side has the best food. <laughs> so what I really want to, and I, I just think it's so important for everyone to know how amazing you are and, and the great work that they can do with you. So if somebody is listening to this episode and they are recognizing the changes in their city and a lot is coming up for them and in that same space, they also wanted the transformation. They wanted to become more mindful. They wanted to lose weight. They wanted to drop into their body and transform. What yeah. are the core desired feelings? We talk about this a lot in the Certificate of Mindfulness and Wellbeing Strategy. So this is, if somebody wants to work with you, what are they typically feeling right now? Yeah, right now they're, they're feeling a sense of, of lack, um, lack of mindset, whether that be in deserving um, to be part of this movement, to deserving to have their voice heard, which I think is very different than um, wanting being be heard, than having like feeling confident and empowered to make a change with their voice. Um, they're feeling feelings of a lack around what they're trying to put into the universe, their magic, their what their special unique gift is. Um, they're looking for support, for someone to be their cheerleader, to be in their corner. And they're looking for a full ch transformative change. And when I say transformative change, it doesn't mean, I don't mean like this huge, I mean, essentially the more work you do, it will feel like a, a mask or a blind being pulled off your eyes because I feel like you're able to approach the world in such a neutral space. Um, 
but it will it doesn't require you know years and years and years of work because the work is continuous but then the work that they're doing with me will go and sit through um just the self-check-in stuff you know what biases do i have what generational trauma do I have? What um, models have been passed down to me from my parents, from my community, from um, my friends that then create like a tint on the way that I see the world? And in that, how can I then connect not only with myself, but with my community? How do I walk in alignment with what feels good to me and my values versus what's already been pre-described to me from other people? Beautiful. This uh, this sounds so needed. I'm just talking to my clients too, and it's like everyone's stressed and anxious, and we just eat and we're sedentary and we're like staying inside. Yeah. And how long is your one on one program? Yeah, so I have two offerings in my program. There's the VIP program, which is two hours of just intensive work. We'll we'll meet. We'll go through the mindfulness, the awareness, the, the bridging of the two, the movement exercises, um, and then I'll also offer. 30 days access through me and we'll, we'll and that'll go through, um, I'm still developing that side of it, but through WhatsApp, just so you have questions and um, if you want to connect or have conversation. And I do want to press like it's authentic, genuine conversation and I'm not afraid to go there on either side. Perfect example, like I've done Nike campaigns. I've worked with Lululemon. I've seen both sides of the spectrum. They're both very different. Um, and speaking of duality again, so um I just want to provide a safe space for people to have honest conversations with themselves and with someone who isn't like them or someone who isn't um, going to just agree with what they're thinking, you know, challenge them a little bit. So I offer that. So that's the VIP day. Um, in addition, you'll have two 30 minute sessions you can schedule with me. And then I will also offer um, a, a 12 week program, which will be the full transformation each month. We'll focus on a different part of the programming. Like I said, the focus is mindfulness and movement. Um, and throughout that, we'll, we'll really just dive in, really dive in, really connect, really be that support system as you're going through um, stepping into your, your power and your worthiness and birthing, you know, whatever gift it is. It doesn't need to be like this multi-million dollar business. It could be just you like, I really want to put on this like workshop or this podcast, but I'm nervous. I don't know. I don't believe, you know, I, I'm, I have hesitation. Um, and I also want to like get stronger and I want to feel good in my, feel good in and about my body. Um, so again, so it's a VIP two-hour session and then it's a 12-week um, program as well. Beautiful. I love that because there's some people who just want to get in there. I love the 30-day access just for any follow-up questions and feedback. 12-week program for more accountability. And then I'm sure along the way, we'll also create group coaching, online courses, yeah. retreats and immersions and trainings. Kayla, it's really just the beginning. And I want to, I, I feel like we need to rewind a little bit and talk about like our shared love of Nike and how <laughs> Nike really yes. is how we even, it's so funny. Kayla and I were both part of this like big sister program in uh -huh. Chicago Mentor with, Miles. yeah, Mentor yeah. Miles, where we got paired with middle schoolers from the West side of Chicago and we would run with them. Mm -hmm. And when we got paired I, they were like passing around a bowl with all the names of the middle schoolers. And I set the intention that like, as I'm here, let me pick somebody who is going to like, I, like I wanted to call in a new friend into my life. And it was so funny because as I, I got Vivian and her best friend was your little, your little sister. Yes. Um, it was that whole situation is like, 
And I can back up even further to that because the Nike opportunity. So I, I trained with Nike master trainer, David Carson. So my Nike in, if you will, starts there. And during the time where things started to amp up with Nike, my mom had actually gotten sick. So like this feeling of personal story, feelings of deep lack and extreme abundance. Again, the duality of the two. And how do I, how do I get excited about this opportunity, but I'm suffering the greatest loss of my life. And fast forward to um, the summer, I did the Nike Marathon campaign. So I was a part of that. And because of my 100 miles of summer run challenge, which I host every year. So this whole running thing isn't my background, but it's something I've stepped into as an opportunity to connect and build community. So I had the challenge, I did the shoot, and then I'm part of now invited to my first really Nike event. And I run into Aaron, who's just like a beautiful soul. Our two, our two littles, if you will, ended up like ditching us to go hang out. And oh, yeah, like, they were too cool for us. And we just sat and just had like a really deep, connected conversation. And although I didn't set an intention for that day, up until that point in losing my mom, I was like, I, community and security and, and like people and like good people or something. I just like, God, please give like present them to me, bring them to me because I'm gonna miss them my mom so much and since then I have met the most incredible people and you being one of them and I just know that was my mom's hand at work bringing you into my life Kayla I feel the same way I'm so grateful as well it was yeah. it, it really was immediate we connected so quick yeah. and so deeply and I'm yeah. so grateful to Nike that really really brought <laughs> us together and now right. that we get to work together and just to be like the the person to facilitate your magic into the world. I know I'm just like that stepping stone yeah. so you can really birth this incredible business that people are desperate for. Yeah, and I'm so grateful for you. For those of you who obviously know Erin and for what she offers, it's incredible. It's such it's being part of this program has allowed me to just like step back and like trust myself, you know. But I, I think there's a lot of other workshops that can like really like not push the hand would definitely steer you to feel and think a certain way, but you just ask great reflective questions that, that in, in the moment, you're just like, what's your answer? Where are you at with this? And like, whatever that answer is, that's okay. It doesn't need to be pre-described or try to be something it's not. You just, you got, you're just real with how you're feeling and where you're trying to go. Kayla, thank you so much. That means so much to me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's exactly the program that I wish existed for me. So yeah. Eastern ritual, Western psych, mindful entrepreneurship, the shit that really works and right. like works like right now in field in real time. So I'm just sure. so glad that we connected, that you came here and just to speak authentically and share your voice with the world. Yeah. If you had, if your words went viral and you had all the women in your audience, what is some of the wisdom you would share with these women? Some of the wisdom that I would share is trust in your worthiness, trusting your deservedness, and the universe will hear you and bring you everything that's already for you. Beautiful. Kayla, how can everybody find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at fit and full by Kayla. Um, my website is at or fit and full by Kayla.com. Um, email is fit and full by Kayla at Gmail. Just basically that tag at whatever I've already got it. So I'd love to work with all of you, connect with you, um, and just be here as a support, as, as a resource. And Erin, thank you so much for having me. Kayla, thank you so much for being here. Really, this is so special. I'm so grateful for our time together. 
Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Feel free to comment below what resonated with you, what is on your heart. As always with podcasts, we need high rating subscribers and comments to receive good standing and to continue sharing wise words with women around the globe. So please comment, subscribe, rate us. We love hearing from you. Big love and looking forward to chatting again next week.